The clock is now running on the Playbook Podcast, the podcast where you take a deeper dive into the game of business, leadership, teamwork, character, the things that drive your motivation and build dedication. When you get a good look at the game plan of great business leaders, you start to formulate your own playbook and your own rise to the top. Make your next play your best play. And now, here are today's game captains, Glenn Amorell and Andy Phillips. Let's go! Welcome back to the Playbook Podcast. I'm Andy Phillips. Joining me as always is my partner, Glenn Amorell. Glenn, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We have a great guest today, but before that, we got to warm up as always. So, Glenn, do you have uh, a question for me? <laughs> All right. Well, um, since we have Paula on today, I thought a good question would be, what is your first pet? So I was not a big pet guy growing up. I never had a dog, never had a cat. However, my very first pet was a turtle named <laughs> Speedy. Oh, nice. And my dad, my grandparents used to always either have a cottage or live on a lake. So my dad found it when I was a kid up there and he brought it home and we, you know, tried to make it our own, but we realized it wasn't eating uh, the normal store-bought food. So we realized that Speedy was one for the, for the outdoors. So we released him to a pond and, but yeah, I was, I had a few fish that just never seemed to make it very far either. So (laughs) never really had the pets, but uh, Speedy was the first. As a wee lad, you had a grasp of irony. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I like that. All right, Glenn, my question for you is if you had to come back in a second life as an animal, what kind of animal would you want to be? Well, I think I would I would have to come back as a dog. Cause they they have mastered loyalty. Okay. Yet they're uh, you know, they're tough and they're fast, they're athletic, and they can have a lot of fun. But um, they're definitely man's best friend. And I like that, that aspect, that loyalty, no matter how bad a day you're having, they're having a good day. And Hey, when it's cold, you get to go inside. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And a little scratch behind the ear. Exactly. So we're going to move on and we're going to introduce our first guest, which is a a friend of mine, Paula Kielik uh, with pals for life. Paula is the, the president and founder of, um, the nonprofit organization Pals for Life, um, dedicated to have pets and people help each other live happier, more productive lives. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Paula Keelick. Welcome, Paula. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. About myself? Well, I am. Uh, I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and I um, migrated over here to the Philadelphia area and where the background in psychology and business, et cetera, I ended up starting my own nonprofit organization, Pals for Life. And Uh, what we do is bring the pets to nursing homes and hospitals and rehab centers and schools and colleges and workplaces. We, in a normal year, we do over 600 pet visits with dogs and cats and bunnies. And actually we had a turtle named Turbo in our program <laughs> for a while. There so you go. Love turtles. Yeah. Not Yurtle the turtle. All right. Yeah. We're going to start out. I'm going to ask you, we're going to ask some questions. I know we've come off a challenging year in 2020 and 21 has been interesting as well. So um, Pals for Life relies on the pet human interactions. How have you been able to continue your mission with COVID uh, restrictions, especially, you know, going into senior living and, and places like that? It has definitely been challenging because all of the facilities we go to are closed. So we cannot get into them and they cannot get their hands on our pets. So what we have done is we've done virtual pet visits. 
We have uh, my program director has created a read along video with the words on the bottom where the children can actually still read to our bunny sprinkles. We did a walk around the Macaulay convent where we, we literally walked around their building with three dogs, a cat and a rabbit. And the nuns <laughs> waved out the window and the, the, the cat um, named Dino sat on the windowsills. And we also um, keep in touch with them all the time. We're sending them pictures and videos of the pets that they have come to love. It's not the same, but at least they do uh, maintain contact with the, with our pet therapy pets. Well, yeah, I know uh, just watching a video of uh, playful pets is uh, relaxing. So it does a little bit. Every yeah. Anything you can do is great. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So. My next question for you would be, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how Pals for Life helps people and organizations thrive through pet, the pet visitations? Yes. Um, in two ways. I'm going to start with the organizations. So if a facility has us come out, they can use this as a marketing tool for themselves. If you're going to go, if mom needs to go to a nursing home, are you going to pick the place that has pet therapy or the place that doesn't? You're going to go with the pets. The same thing with really every type of facility that we go to. So any facility is strengthened um, with what they can do for people, for their, their clients and their patients, et cetera, by having us come out. Now, what we do really depends upon the, the type of person that we're seeing that day. We go to so many different types of facilities. So if we're going to a nursing home, we're helping people with memory, we're helping them with companionship, we're helping them with tactile stimulation, they're petting the different pets. If I'm going to a, a program with at a library, uh, for instance, the children are not only improving their reading skills, but also their self-esteem when they find out that, yes, they can read really well to this dog. And one poor awesome. little boy said, I felt famous when I read to the dog. So that was fantastic. We have an, emo an emotional support program for students in high schools and middle schools where they're dealing with peer pressure and how do you deal with the bullies? What are the alternate way, uh, behaviors to bullying? So we can help people that way. When we're going into the colleges, oh my gosh, they are so stressed out. So mm -hmm. we're helping them just by sitting with the dog and just relaxing a little bit. You're also getting out of your dorm room. You're getting your, your head out of the books and into something that's positive. At a mental health facility, we're allowing people to get connected with their feelings. Um, there's so many different ways. We work with autistic children. So in that case, what we want to do is get them out from the inner self where they are. We want them to connect with the outer world, with the bunny and with the other people. So there's just so many different facets. We pride ourselves on each individual visit that we do. We're going to solve your specific needs. So how can we help you at your facility? And we have so many different pets and different volunteers that we can really mold our programs to what each individual facility uh, needs. Well, that's great. Phenomenal. Um, in our business, um, employee retention is crucial <laughs> to survival, really. So um, how does your corporate wellness program help boost morale and increase pr productivity in the uh, workplace? It's a fantastic program because, as you know, I don't know of any job that doesn't have stress related to it. So we're going to come out and, first of all, we're going to bring a little bit of happiness and joy to you on that day. The research is really fascinating because when people have, when a company has pet therapy, the uh, employee retention goes way up because they feel as though their company really cares about them. On pet therapy day, there is no absenteeism. Everybody mm -hmm, is home. Right. You don't need a mental health day. We are the mental health. <laughs> You're going to come in. The other thing that's really fantastic is 
The pets are a great equalizer. So it doesn't matter if you're the CEO or the lowest person on the totem pole, you're all interacting really equally and as, as equals. And it can give people a different perspective when you see someone in their business suit who's lying on the floor getting a space washed by a golden retriever. And <laughs> it just gives you a different perspective on your coworkers. And the other thing that can also happen is sometimes it does happen in, in offices where there's some personality whatevers. Well, if you can both find out that you both love golden retrievers, it's giving you some place in common that's really positive, that you can build a positive relationship and have positive communications. So all kinds of multiple things go on when we come in with the companies. But the basic thing is, boy, you know what? You're going to have fun at work today. And, you know, maybe your writer's block is going to go away. And we can also do our programs or we can go to the activity room. We can go to your conference room. But if someone is at their desk, they're not allowed to leave their desk, we can come to you. And that's just a great way that, that we can just make anyone, any employee's day a little bit better. Well, that's awesome. Oh. Uh, Andy and I were talking before we started today about bringing down walls and, and people. And what a great way to get to the real person is to bring a pet. And I know uh, before I had to do a little public speaking, if you remember for the mainline chamber, I got to pet bubbles before I went up <laughs> and it was my opening line. I'm like, Hey, what a great way to relax is, uh, you know, a minute with uh, bubbles. And I felt more relaxed. It really does make a difference. And for those who don't know, Bubbles is our therapy bunny who goes out <laughs> with me. He, he's actually, he's more famous than than, than anyone. Everyone <laughs> knows Bubbles. And uh, I read he couldn't come out today because of the snow and he's he's, he's not here, but um, he certainly is our, our main ambassador. Uh, Absolutely. Bubbles. Love Bubbles. So we got our last question here in the first half, and then we'll get into our halftime, which should be pretty fun. I'm excited for mm -hmm. that. But our last question here in the first half, you have a psychology degree. You have an MBA in marketing, obviously a harder gold what does success look like to Paula? What is success in your eyes? Success to me is when I can have a positive, meaningful impact on someone's life. And Pals for Life does that in two ways. One is our volunteers who find meaning and joy by sharing their pets with the people who need them. And a lot of our volunteers, they, they, this is a central part of their life. But the other thing is when I go into a facility and I know that we are making such a huge difference. It's when I go into a mental health facility and someone told me, you got here just in the nick of time, I was about to explode. It's wow. when I go to a, um, a I just, just happened to be a little bit ago, a mom came up to me and said that her daughter graduated from high school with honors. And the only reason that happened was that because several years ago, she brought her daughter to the local library where she could read to the pets. And she had a, wow. a, a, a reading disability and didn't think that she could read. And it's when I go to the VA nursing home and a veteran starts sobbing because he says, I never thought I'd see a dog again. So it's every single time it's a, I had someone coming to me, he had a brain injury. He was in the hospital for six months. The only thing he remembers from being in the hospital for six months was when the pets came to visit him. So this is success to me when we can make a positive, meaningful difference in somebody's life. And, and it can be life altering in many cases. I love that answer because it seems like success, especially the more people we get on the show, it seems like success for highly successful people is not what you, you see on the surface. It's not the success in terms of money. It's not the success in terms of the business success. The success is even simpler and more about the joy that you can bring to others. And so I, I absolutely love that answer. But with that,
it is time for halftime. So Paul, the way we do halftime here is we got a lot of, you know, the business side of Paul in the first half. We're going to get into more experience and leadership in the second half. But halftime, cut all that. We want to get to know a little bit more about you. Some fun, quirky stuff about you. Stuff that maybe isn't even related, usually isn't related to business. And stuff that's maybe more about the, the personal side of Paula. It should be fun. It's a speed round. We have 10 questions. So I always tell people, it can be as simple as a one-word answer. If you have an explanation, we're open for that. But we usually put about two, three minutes aside for the speed round at halftime. Question for you first is, are you ready? I'm ready. And here we go. Question number one of the speed round. As a Buffalo Bills fan, who is your favorite player not named OJ Simpson? <laughs> well, it's an old one. Jack Kemp, who was who was OJ Simpson's quarterback. Yep. He actually turned into a congressman, and I was an intern for him in college. So, uh, Oh, well, you got a personal tie there. Yeah, and of course now it's Josh Allen and Anton Diggs, of course. course, (laughs) The new breed. All right, next question. What is your favorite vacation spot? Sun Valley, Idaho. Okay. Uh, It's a vacation paradise. What do you do? Real quick. Um, Yeah, my sisters have a place there. And in the winter, you go snowshoeing and uh, and skiing. And the summer, you go biking and hiking and horseback riding. It's paradise. It's just spectacular. That's awesome. That's what we need now. Seriously. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. What is your favorite book or your favorite podcast? My favorite podcast is NPR Up First. It's 15 minutes. I listen to it every morning while I'm eating my breakfast. It gives me a start to the day, what's going on, and then I'm ready to move on with the day. Okay. I want a year, make, and model if you remember your first car you ever owned. Your name was on the title. Yes. Okay. I don't remember the year, but it was an Oldsmobile Cutlass convertible. Baby oh. blue with white top. It was It was actually, I, I got it secondhand, and it was mechanically not the best, but it was such a fun car. You're rolling but, in style. Yeah, it was. <laughs> what is your big, and we don't have to get deep here. It's a speed round. I don't, what's your biggest fear? Spiders, sharks. What's your biggest fear? Falling. I will never go bungee jumping ever, ever, ever. And roller coasters. No, not for me. <laughs> All right. Um, in the morning, coffee, hot tea, or neither? Hot tea. I always have it. All day. I'm coffee here. There you go. Coffee. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite genre of music? Classic rock. Beatles, Billy Joel, uh, James Taylor, Carol King, all those good ones. Do you have a favorite? If you had, if you if you had to, to listen to one CD the rest of your life, who would it be? Probably Billy Joel. Okay. Yeah, he's my guy. What is your favorite movie ever? Okay, it's a toss-up between Mary Poppins and Star Wars. I can sing you every song in Mary Poppins and Star Wars. Seriously, which one? Yeah, which Star Wars? The first one. Okay, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay, first question, real quick. Do you like pizza? Of course. Do you prefer a Chicago style or a New York style? New York, hands down. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, I'll be too much crust on the other one. And, and trust me, I like a good Chicago style here and there, but that's like, a, I don't need it all the time. Where right. I could eat New York pizza, unfortunately, all the time. So that's a whole nother bag of problems. All right. Uh, speaking of, and this is the last question. Speaking of being a Bills fan, a part of the Bills Mafia, have you ever broken a table? And what I mean by that for the listeners is Bill's Mafia at their tailgates are synonymous for jumping off higher ledges, could be a truck, a van, and elbow dropping through a table. I'm guessing you haven't done that, but do you have a story about breaking a table any other way? 
I cannot say that I've actually, I have jumped upon a table on more than one occasion. Yes. But, um, but I have not actually, yes, I have not actually broken one, uh, which is, uh, which might be in my future. You never know. I would <laughs> love to see you. Just make sure you get some padding though. Yeah, absolutely. I've been on a table or two. <laughs> I think unfortunately maybe we all have <laughs> alright so that was a great job that was a speed round and uh, you you nailed it you nailed it. knocked it out of the park so that means we should definitely get into the second half here which is again focus on leadership focus on your experiences uh, so my first question for you is what is the biggest challenge you face and I want this more to be in general, you face running a nonprofit, not necessarily focused on COVID. I want it to be more so just in general, the biggest challenge you face running a nonprofit. It's always fundraising. It's always fundraising okay. because you know what? It's easy. We do 600 pet visits. Our challenge with the pet visits is not getting places to go to, but trying to get to all the places that we want, that want us. But the challenge is always fundraising because that's not the fun thing. People join us because they want to have fun with their pets. But, you know, just like any business, a nonprofit, we've got to raise the money for the salaries and the rent and the vet bills and, and all the other stuff. And, and people don't want to be on the fundraising committee. They want to be on mm. the how am I going to you know, what, what fun new things are we going to do with the pets? So I have to say, I don't think that this is uh, unique to us. I think it's always a problem, but it's always, always, always fundraising and being able to pay the bills. Yeah, definitely a challenge now. A lot of um, competition for those charity dollars, for sure. It really is. And, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of the businesses that have supported us either can't or have gone out of business. A lot of people are, I know a number of my, my friends who have, do no longer have their jobs. So, you know, it, it's just tough right now. But the good thing is that everybody's just kind of holding hands and helping as best that they can. And, and we get a lot of, uh, of support and moral support from, from the people who, who believe in our mission. I remember taking a sports marketing class in college and we ran a uh, basketball tournament and a fundraiser. And I remember doing it for that project alone. I was like, wow, this is hard. It's not mm -hmm. easy. And that, I mean, that's what you do for mm -hmm. a living basically. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. It's very exactly. impressive. It, it, it's, it's not the fun part, but it's so essential. No. And it's, but uh, you do a great job of that with Bow Wow Bingo and, and some of the, uh, the fundraisers you do are amazing. So you do an awesome job. I have a question. It's a strange question, which is surprising coming from me, right? Um, no. What traits do pets have in common with great leaders? So the thing about a pet, that's one of the reasons why we love them so much, is they don't judge. They don't put labels on anyone. If you're going to pet them or give you a treat, they don't care if you're old or young or what sexual identity you have or what ethnicity you have. Um, they think you are quite fantastic. And I think that's the same thing with a leader. A leader needs to get and gets their best ideas from people and they reward that. They don't care where the person came from or, or they don't put labels on people. They're going to reward and seek out the people who have the good ideas, the people who are capable, the people who can they can give a project to and just leave them alone and they come back and it's fantastic. So it doesn't matter what they look like or what they're wearing or what they're background, you know, their, their ethnicity or whatever, they do not label, they do not prejudge. They, they, what they do is they, they value each person and they look inside the person to find out what those qualities are to, to, to um, help and mentor with. That's such a good that, answer. That's a fantastic answer. It really is. I mean, 
we judge by our first look a lot. And, you know, so great leaders, you know, have gotten past that point. You know, exactly. it's like the voice. You have to turn around just right. to hear somebody before you make that judgment, which is it's really great answer. I think everyone can learn that alone from animals and we'd be better off in our world. I mean, that's and like you said, leaders seem to do that more. And that's why they're in leadership roles. But I bet, okay. I bet Tarzan's a great leader. <laughs> I also say, by the way, the Tarzan books are very good. So if you have a chance to read them. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So this is a question I love asking people. And uh, because I think everyone's everyone gets their best advice from a mentor at a different stage in their life. And it's also typically unique to them and what they value. So best advice you received from a mentor. This actually came from my dad. And what he told me is that when you have a problem to solve or something that you can't figure out, which direction to go in, get advice from the experts, do your research. But when it comes time to making that decision, you are the only one who knows all the facets. So don't make the decision because some expert guys or person says, this is what you should do. Take that into consideration, get as much information, as much mentoring as you can, but you're the one, the only one who knows all the different facets. You will make the right decision. Trust your own judgment. Love it. That's fantastic. So I'm going to turn it back to um, what it takes um, in your organization. What does it take to be a volunteer um, um, therapy owner and a pet, of course? What we are looking for, we'll start with the pets. We are looking for pets that um, that love attention and no matter where they're getting it from. So they want to receive attention and love people uh, in places from a person they've never seen before and a place they've never been before. They need to have good manners, no jumping or parking and things like that. They have to have their basic obedience. Um, we make sure we they, all of our pets go through an evaluation prior to being able to go out on a pet visit. And we'll mimic the kinds of things that we'll, that they would experience. Like how are they with a walker and a cane? What happens if you hug them and don't let go? So basically, we're looking for that outgoing, happy pet who loves people and wants attention. And again, it does not have to be a dog. We have cats. We got rabbits. We had a miniature draft horse in our program for a while. <laughs> I even had a duck named Mrs. Peabody in our program. <laughs> so we are open to different types of pets. The volunteers that we're looking for are people who are actually available to go out. We do get some people who would like to go, but their lives are so busy, they can't actually help us. So we are looking for people who um, who also like people. And now that's actually important because some people like their pet, but they're not so good with people. So you have to have your people skills and be comfortable talking with people and, and interacting with people. And the ability to drive. Now we do go all throughout the Delaware Valley. Our volunteers can choose to stay closer to home or they can drive um, farther, uh, farther afield. But basically what we're looking for is people who love their pets and want to share their pets with others and the pets who desperately want to be shared. I love it. That's great. So we are going to get into our Hail Mary question. And if we have time after, I have a fun little overtime, first ever overtime to do with you. Just based on our conversation, I think it would be fun. So this is our last play of of regulation. And we'll say we're down seven. We need it to tie and get the overtime. Okay. okay. So this is our Hail Mary question. And honestly, all we want to know, you're very successful in your, in your life. Uh, you obviously got to this point uh, from hard work, dedication, and other experiences. But if you could go back and give 22-year-old Paula any word of advice, what would it be now? So at that point, you're starting out on your career. 
And so what I would say is, you know, a lot of the first jobs are, are test jobs, but don't settle. Don't settle for the job that is fine and okay, but doesn't grab your heart. Keep looking, keep striving for the job where you can pour your heart and soul into it. That's the job that you want. You know what? Sometimes it might not exist. Sometimes you might think about creating it. And if it doesn't exist, it means it probably needs to. So find your passion, find the place for you. Don't settle for anything that's not uh, what you can pour your heart and soul in and be passionate about. I love that answer. If it doesn't exist, maybe it should. Right. And sometimes uh, you just get redirected. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And be open to it. Be open Mm -hmm. to the possibilities. Sometimes you're so focused on your road that you don't see your the perfect um, path right in front of you. You're absolutely correct about that. So always be open. That's great. All right. I'm ready for overtime. And wouldn't you go for uh, the two point conversion to win the game? Yeah. Would you rather go for two? (laughs) Ooh, sure. Go for the two. All right. Luckily for us, it's the same play. Here we go. (laughs) So, is this safe? It's safe to say you know the traits and characteristics of animals pretty well, correct? I do. It's safe. I do. It's also safe to say that you know your Buffalo Bills. Oh, I love my Buffalo Bills. Yes. I'm going to name a few players in Buffalo Bills, current or past. You tell me what their spirit animal would be. Oh my gosh. All right. I'm putting you on the spot here. This is it's, right. it's for the win, Paula. All right. All right. Not Philly, Philly, I guess. <laughs> oh, my heart. Philly, let's Philly. let's let's kick it off easy. We're only do like three or four. Let's go okay. with Josh Allen, and we'll oh. give you a little bit of a little time. I would say like an eagle for him. You know, he's he's above everything. He's looking around the field. He's got that eye for like where exactly do I need to drop this ball? So I would call. I would give him an eagle. Off the top, I love it. All right, <laughs> let's go. We'll, we'll go. we'll go to his sidekick. Well, let's let's go with uh, Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs. So now he's got to catch the ball. Um, you know, what? I I would almost say like he's the golden retriever because he's going to catch the ball no matter where it is. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to change that. I'm going to change it to the border collie because the border collie will do will leap twenty feet in the air if he needs to catch the frisbee. He's uh, got, he also has the eye to, to herd the sheep and all the other stuff. So, uh, but the border collies have the intelligence and the, the drive to do what needs to be done. And, uh, and, but yet they can, they can pretty much catch anything. So I'm going to call the border collie for, for, uh, for Anton Diggs. And finally, for the win, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. The best defensive player in the history of the Buffalo Bills, Mr. Bruce Smith. Uh, Bruce Smith. I'm going to say the Buffalo. I mean, the Buffalo from Buffalo Bill. <laughs> How you go? Right? He's big. He's not going to let anybody buy him. He gives you the eye. He gives you the stare like, don't even try it. You've got to in your, I am your worst nightmare on your best day. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give him, I'm going to have him be the Buffalo. Pa- Paul, you just won the game. You just won the podcast. Awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me, guys. It was so much fun. And I really appreciate the, the ability to tell everybody about our story and about my organization. Well, thank you, Paula. And I'd like to give you 30 seconds to tell everybody, tell our listeners about your um, your program and, and how they could get involved. Absolutely. So we are always looking for volunteers to help out in many different aspects, whether it's fundraising, which I mentioned, but, but we are always looking for more volunteers. Uh, so you can go to www 
www.palsforlife.org. That is our website and it's the source of all knowledge. So we'll give you phone numbers. It'll tell you all the different types of programs that we're doing, um, special events that are coming up, some pictures of our pet visits, and hopefully it will inspire you to become involved in one way or another. Phenomenal. That's great. Well, thank every, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Go find your success. And my name's Glenn Amorell. I'm Andy Phillips. Uh, please uh, check out our uh, platforms and comment in any way. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us all over the place now. So thank you very much and have a great day. Bye.